Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. You don't always have to like him. But you have to respect him. The Roy Green Show continues. The Roy Green Show continues on the Chorus Radio Network. Great to have you with us on the Canada Day weekend on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Later on in the program, I'm going to be speaking with Michael Silverman. Uh, He taught Holocaust education for many years, and he also worked with Elie Wiesel, who, of course, died died, died yesterday, 87 years of age. And in the words of uh, United States President Barack Obama, the world lost their, quote, living memorial, end quote, when uh, Ellie Wiesel died, and uh, Michael Silverman will join us later in the show. Also, for those of us who are hockey fans in this country of ours, and who despaired over the fact that not one Canadian-based NHL team made it to the playoffs this most recent season, we've had the unrestricted free agency going on for the last number of days. And before that, there were the trades, of course, with the Habs trading P.K. Subban for Shea Weber and the Oilers' Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. So I tweeted earlier today to Oilers fans, as a Habs fan, who's banging our heads against the wall more? You guys are us. We had a little bit of an exchange at the Roy Green Show on Twitter. And we're going to be speaking with Michael Trikos from... Um, Post Media, he's the national hockey writer with Post Media, wrote a couple of great columns on the unrestricted free agent situation and the trades. I mean, why do Bergerman and Terrian, particularly Terrian, still have a job with that team? Terrian's never won anything. Anyway, I don't want to get started. Don't get me started, as people say. <laughs> What I do want to do is, in a way, revisit something we did last Saturday, and then it spilled over into Sunday, and it's continued all week long by email and to a lesser degree on social media, but certainly email. And it began when uh, the Brexit vote happened, and we started talking about that last Saturday. And I said, what I'm seeing now is what I've been hearing develop over the last number of years. And that is a general and growing dissatisfaction by the people who pay the bills, the taxpayers, with the political managers who we hire to do our bidding, who ultimately then start to tell us how we should live, what we should think, how we should walk and talk and chew gum. And there's pushback. You're seeing it in the United States in the very, let me choose the word here, unusual presidential election. Hillary Clinton being interviewed by the FBI for three and a half hours yesterday. 
not good. Donald Trump. I mean, if if Trump had been running any other election, do you think he would have had a chance? People are fed up, and they're pushing back. And I also asked if you were to tell me, and this brings us into the Canada Day weekend, if I were to ask you, where are your primary loyalties? Are they with the province, the region you live in, or with the country? And I did ask that, and the majority point of view, and you heard it, was regional. Now, most of it was from the West, that we heard, but it was regional. First my province, then my region, and then my country. That was the response. I want to read you a couple. What I, what I tweeted was this. Uh, stunning to hear media, political elites explain Brexit vote to each other. Stop your incestuous chatter and start listening to the people. Here's some of what I saw on uh, Twitter from uh, Rob. Why not separate Alberta? The East wants to support overseas oil suppliers and not from Alberta, even though the feds collected billions from Alberta. Uh, From Susan, I I identify with my province first. I despair that it's now being run by people that don't care about the province. From Gail came this. Um, I'm having trouble reading. Email is the best. I've I've heard on your show. I see Kathy's email is the best I've heard on your show in a long while. Bravo, Roy. Keep us informed if the station doesn't cut you off. And that was followed by Barry. was... Unifor will have you cut off. It's a big union. I don't think you have to worry about that, Barry. But anyway, there. And it just it just continued. There were just there was so much activity. But what I want to do is read you the email that came from Kathy. That had me set aside what what else I was going to do. And I was going to ask you where your loyalties lie, whether it's with the province or the region or the country. But when I got Kathy's email, I decided I would read it instead. That's just by way of backgrounder again. So here it is. And we'll find out whether there's the kind of response to the email today that there was last week. We had Kathy on the show um, a week ago today. She wrote, I could not have been happier with the results of the Brexit vote this week. It's good to see that people are willing to stand up for themselves and their country and not just blindly go along with what the so-called intellectual elites uh, tell us to do and think. It's been really interesting to see the reactions of the politicians, the media, the academics, etc., who are all in a state of disbelief that people could dare to go against what they're told by them to do. I believe that people are tired of being called xenophobic, hate-mongers, uninformed racists if they dare to question what is going on in our countries. In Canada, anyone who questioned bringing in so many Syrian refugees so quickly were called haters and bigots. Now we're hearing about schools and healthcare systems struggling to deal with this unprecedented influx of people. Not a good situation for anyone. The liberals want to change the way we vote, but don't want to have a referendum to give us a say. They say it would be too complicated, and we wouldn't understand it enough. Translation, in their minds, the average Canadian is not very smart. We're now hearing rumblings about separatism coming out of Quebec again. After all the concessions that they've been given by the rest of Canada, they're still not happy. In the past, the rest of Canada would be quick to plead with them to stay. I don't think that'll happen this time. Of course, the media, politicians, and other left-leaning elites will wring their hands and tell us how the world would end. But my opinion is that if they want to go, let them. I'm from Alberta, and frankly, I'm tired of taking a backseat to Ontario, or to Quebec and Ontario too, except when they're looking for money. Our economy is tanking, and what do we get from the east? We get slapped in the face. 
We have dirty oil. We're the cause of climate change. We're whiners. Our PM goes to Washington. And does he speak up for our energy industry? No. He's too busy appealing to the left institutions that campaign against our energy industry. In Alberta, we have a premier who's hell-bent on destroying any chance of an economic recovery by implementing a huge carbon tax that'll do nothing except take money out of our pockets. I think that both Notley and Trudeau are seriously underestimating their actions or non-actions they're causing here. They are both part of globalization that will destroy us all. Climate change is an excuse uh, for redistribution of wealth, but young people today don't see it. They're being educated in a system that doesn't show two sides of an argument. They're being taught a curriculum that says if you disagree with them, you're uninformed or a bigot or worse. They have all the answers, and if they're challenged, they often respond with name-calling rather than discussing different viewpoints. In the States, they have Trump at any other time in our history who would never have been a serious contender for president. But people are angry and they're scared. Everything is changing very fast, and a lot of people think their questions and their very valid concerns are being brushed aside by a group of people who have no idea what ordinary people are dealing with. I think and hope that Brexit is the start. I'm not a supporter of isolationism, but there's a big middle ground. I think that other countries will follow Great Britain's lead, and I hope they do. It'll be interesting to see if our leaders learn from this or simply choose to continue with the sky's falling rhetoric. That is the email from Kathy that arrived last Saturday after the Brexit vote. The whole world was talking about the Brexit vote. Everybody was talking about it, and still is. Now, there have been stories about xenophobic and, 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 and racist and hateful reactions uh, by some in the UK. If that's going on, that is a very, very nasty development. And it needs to be dealt with, and people will deal with it. The majority of people are decent people, and they will not stand for a lack of proper behavior, considerate behavior, and understanding that we're all, at the end of the day, one family under the same flag. Now, the whole idea, though, of people of a, of a of a populism growing, and people being unwilling to just simply be uh, told what to do, told what to say, told what to think, is right in front of our eyes. It's right there. It's right there. Now my question to you, at triple eight two two five eight two five five. 888-225-8255 or 416-870-6400, 416-870-6400 is this. Are you as supportive of Kathy's email today as you were last weekend? Are you as supportive of what Kathy wrote today as you were last weekend? Does it make as much sense to you? Is what she says and what she wrote how you feel? Or was what we heard last weekend just a flash-in-the-pan reaction and response from people who were irritated but have had a week to think about it and a week to absorb what's going on and have now settled down and will say, yeah, well, that was okay okay last weekend, but it really isn't the way I feel. It's really not, it doesn't really reflect 
It doesn't really represent my feelings. It did last weekend because I was upset and, I, and, and the Brexit vote gave me an opportunity to say, hey, look, you know, we're fed up. But I, I, I've settled down now. So that, that, that email no longer re- really, really re- sort of reflects how I feel. All right, 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. People keep telling me, tell them, give us the numbers slower. So 888-225-8255-416-870-6400. Do you still... Does Kathy's email reflect how you feel, or does it not? Last weekend, everybody was on board. Everybody, except for one person. Everybody was on board. Does Kathy's email still resonate with you? Does it real? Does it still represent how you feel, or not any longer? It's interesting. This is an interesting experiment to see whether we just get all worked up. Over a sh- you know short period of time and then settle down again, or whether there is really some significant rumbling taking place that is not going to be stopped. Triple eight two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. Call me now. Does that email reflect how you feel? How you feel? Call me. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Hi, there's Donald Trump's campaign manager. Neil Young. Isn't he? No? Okay. Uh, Roy Green Show is the, uh, dot com is the, is the email address, right? Roy at Roy Green Show. Totally, totally agree with Kathy, and yes, it makes perfect sense. That is from Eileen. All right, that's email. One. I tell you, I always tell you exactly what's going on. I have a reason for doing what I'm doing. I don't just do these things haphazardly. There's always a, at least a, a purpose. Now, as far as Twitter response is concerned, remember it was off the scale last week, and the calls were just piling on top of each other. On Kathy's email, they carried on all week. Twitter zero today. Okay, zero. I know it's a long weekend. It's Canada Day weekend. Maybe you're not all that... No, can't go there because this is relevant. And on the phones, there's one person. One person. One person. How many times did I give you the phone number? Quite a few. And I did that intentionally because I don't want anybody to say, you didn't give us the number often enough. We didn't write it down. I told you, 888 888- 225-8255-416-870-6400. And the only, my curiosity is this. Was it a flash-in-the-pan opinion last weekend in Kathy's email, and you've changed your mind since? Or is that email still relevant today? Right? And what I'm seeing so far suggests to me Well, you can do the math. Here's Patricia in Edmonton. Hi, Patricia. 
Hi, Roy. I I enjoy your show. I just came in and I heard you say, um, <clears throat> I heard the email from Kathy, and I heard you say um, that you read it last week, and I, I didn't hear it, but I heard it today, and I oh, I couldn't agree with her more. If I met her in person, I would give her a big hug and say, good for you. She expressed my sentiments entirely. Uh, I, I just couldn't agree with her more. Now, last weekend, we ha- I think you have your radio on, so you need to turn it down because you're coming yeah, back at yourself I a few, few seconds later. But last weekend, there was, there was, and I've said this before, I've said it several times now, there was tremendous response to that email. And then there was response throughout the week, and I thought, I'm going to try this acid test time. Let's see if the, if, the, if the power of that message resonates as much this weekend as it did last. So far, it doesn't appear that it does. You heard it the first time, and you've responded as other people did last weekend. Maybe we have these momentary flashes of determination to make changes, and then after we've said our piece, we don't care that much anymore. And I think, and I've said it many, many for many years, Patricia, this is what people in the political arena count on. Here's what they know. They know that people will get angry, and they'll become determined, and they'll take on an issue, and they'll speak their minds with, 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 with strength and conviction for 24 hours. After 48 hours, there's still some of that left, but not nearly as much. And after 72 hours, it's pretty much gone. And what these what, what people in the political arena do is they count on that happening. They count on people losing steam. They know they just have to outweigh you for 72, maybe 96 hours, and then they're home free. Yes, I understand what you're saying. And um, I'm sorry that people don't do uh, call in and tell you um, that they agree with her. Um, I don't know why they don't. Um, I've been feeling. While we're calling now, I need Mike to answer the phone, though. Yeah, I, I've been feeling this way for quite some time. Ever since uh, we elected, I didn't elect him, the uh, new prime minister and his uh, policies. And <clears throat> but Patricia, the, Patricia, the email you re, you respond obviously clearly. You're responding positively to what you heard from Kathy in that email. I do appreciate your call and thank you very much. Now what's happening is and this is also a pattern, as people get worked up again, get revved up again, they say, wait a minute, hang on, this does matter to me, and I'm going to tell everybody. This is what's required. If you want change to happen, you're going to have to consistently demand it. If you don't, it's going to be guys like me, there aren't too many like me left, frankly. We're going to be bellowing into the wilderness. And you'll say, Roy Green represents my point of view. Way to go, Roy. I'm going back to sleep. When we come back, we're back to your calls at triple A two two five eight two five five four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. He never backs down from a good debate. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. See, one of the things we can't do is we can't let it... We, if we want to get something done, any of us, we can't leave it to another person to do it. If you have a problem with a product you've bought, go and have it taken care of. Don't wait for the next person to do it. Don't wait for the next person to do it. Now, all the phone lines are active. Everybody's busy. Everybody's fired up. Let's go to the calls. Kathy's email. Does it reflect how you feel? If you want to add to it, because I really believe there is a significant change taking place with people, 
And we saw it in Brexit, and we're seeing it in the United States. And in Scotland, the Scots are saying, hold on a minute, we didn't go, we, no, no, we didn't vote with the Brits. We want to stay in the EU. That's also a populist move. Margaret is in with me, Ontario. Hi, Margaret. Hi, Roy. Uh, thanks uh, for taking my call. My pleasure. <laughs> and I certainly still reflect on Kathy's, uh, her uh, email to you. Uh, and uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm sorry, <coughs> that um, I actually feel, come 2017, when this Canada pension uh, funds are starting to come out of people's paychecks and so forth, and companies uh, are having to pay it, there's going to be people laid off work. There's not going to be anybody hired. It's only going to be in government where anybody's going to get a job. So what, do you, what, do you, what are you saying specifically, Margaret? What do you want people to know about how you feel? I want them to know that every time you ask the government for something, you are actually paying for it. You're giving them the money. They don't, they don't the government so your don't fatigue, have any money. Your fatigue is with politicians, government, and you don't feel like you're being represented, you're not being heard. That's right. And, and that's I, what creates they, the populist response. They don't, I don't want them to tell me what I need. I'm responsible enough to go out and work and look after myself, and hopefully I have some money. I'm a grandmother and a great-grandmother that I can have some money to give to my children and my great-grandchildren instead of having to pay so much in taxes. Well, if for you... For things that I don't necessarily I agree with want. You. I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And but people feel- are going to be mad very soon. Uh, I can tell you it's going to be a lot different come the next elections. Well, it could be. Margaret, thank you for the call. I really believe that we're quite capable of taking care of ourselves, but we've become, we've become conditioned to look to government for handouts. That's what they are, they're handouts, quite often. And it's our money they're handing back to us. But all I'm, all I'm, all I'm talking about is what the response to Kathy's email is and what that reflects about how people are feeling these days. Dave calling us from Winnipeg on the Roy Green Show on the Cordes Radio Network. Hey, Dave. Hi. Um, yeah, I liked, I liked what she had to say. Um, something that I saw on Twitter once, it was from some, I don't want to call them an elite, but some guys who were involved in the mayor's office at some, some level here in Winnipeg, talking about the referendum in B.C. about uh, their rapid transit or whatever they were doing and how it was a loss and how that was all wrong and and. It's weird that I, I sort of, I, he's a friend of mine, but sort of the elitist, we know what's best for you again. Yeah. We lost. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. Won, and, and that's driving yeah. me nuts because. So the message, so the message, Dave, was don't bother with referenda because they really counter what we, what we really, what we need to do. And that is let the elected people represent us between elections. We don't want the, we don't want the average folks butting in between elections, right? Yeah. That's the message. Well, let's overstate good governance. We need good governance. Yeah. It's like. I'm a member of a political party, and, you know, is there good government ever? Dave, thank you for the call. That is one of the things that we hear. Never mind with referenda between elections. No, 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 no. You don't want people getting engaged, involved. You can't trust the people to make an informed, intelligent decision. And now we're hearing it about Brexit. Because the whole world is going to collapse in the U.K., and and, and it's only because the people made a decision and, and, and government didn't. Well, what are elections? They're referenda. That's what an election is. 
And remember in Switzerland, boy, we've talked about this. We've had the Swiss ambassador on this program more than once. In Switzerland, for hundreds of years, they've had a system of referenda. And in Switzerland, if you're the citizen and you have an idea and you want to put it forward, you can do that. If you get enough people supporting your idea, it gets onto another ballot. And then people across the country get to decide whether they want it on a regularly scheduled referendum. And there are three or four every year. If 100,000 Swiss people decide, let's say you wanted to, let's say you, you, you wanted to do away with a Canada pension plan. Let's just, let's just grab something out of the air. And you were to say, I think it's time to do away with Canada pension plan. We will look after ourselves from that perspective. If 100,000 people were to support that being on the ballot at the next scheduled referendum, it would be there. And then the entire country would vote on whether to retain or to get rid of the national pension plan. And if the majority voted to get rid of it, it would be gone. If the majority voted to retain it, it would be retained. Because under the Swiss constitutional system, the people have the final say and not the government. Governments are there. Governments are there to do our bidding. It can be a very productive very useful relationship. Diana in Toronto. Hi, Diana. Hi there. I agree with Kathy. I don't have a whole lot to say, except um, I just feel we, we really, I've just clammed up because I, I think there's no hope unless he make, unless our premier makes some big mistake. He's just forging ahead. Now, I did hear a beautiful monologue from Rex Murphy on the referendum, you know, Clever man. Yes, um, and uh, it was last week. I wish I had the. Uh, but um, but you know what, Diana? It's not just about Trudeau. It's not just about the Liberals. It's not just about the NDB, NDP in Saskatchewan. It's it's not about uh, it's not about the Harper government, which we keep getting harped on by the left. It's about the it's about the principle of the whole issue. Thank you for the call. We got a bit of a of a of an echo there on Diana's call. It is about the principle of the whole issue. It's about having the right to say no. And people are pushing back, and that's what's happening. You know, you know, remember, it wasn't so long ago that there were questions in this country. More than 80% of people in this country questioned whether or not, I think it's more than 80%, questioned the security screening that was taking place for Syrian refugees coming into the country. And then you had Kathleen Wynne, the Premier of Ontario, and Philip Guillard, the Premier of Quebec, standing side by side, and, uh, and they said, um, what Kathleen Wynne said was, we can't give in to, I think, is allowing security to mask racism. That's the danger, and that somehow talking about security allows us to tap into that racist vein when it isn't who we are, quote, end quote. So when people questioned the security screening, Premier Wynne accused Canadians of being racists for doing so, and Cuillard did not challenge her. In fact, Cuillard said Canada isn't any better or worse. He said, we have those two devils within our society, racism and xenophobia. They exist, and it's the responsibility of political leaders 
And I got into trouble a few days ago, he said, because I said that publicly. It's the responsibility of political leaders not to feed the fire in this very negative way. Okay, Mr. Premier, Madam Premier, neither one of them said a single word about the law in Quebec, which each day denies fundamental civil rights to approximately a million Quebecers who are Anglophones or are Anglophone Canadians. Each day of the year in Quebec, English-speaking and English-communicating Canadians are denied their basic rights because of Quebec's French language primacy laws. Parents may not send their children to English schools. Citizens may not obtain government or even hospital services in English unless there's a specific percentage of the population in that community that is primarily English-speaking. Print an English word on a restaurant menu, and the Quebec language cops will descend with warnings and fines. And the Supreme Court of Canada declared Quebec's French language supremacy law to be unconstitutional, and yet it's in place and enforced each and every day. And neither Premier Wynne nor Premier Cuillard, who were lecturing the rest of the country on racism, bothered to bring up that fundamental civil rights are denied people, Anglophones, in Quebec every single day. Who did respond? The former Premier of British Columbia. An immigrant himself, former health minister, federal, liberal, Ujal Dossange. And he, uh, he wrote, Premier Wynne, did you just call me a racist and a xenophobe? Um, he said, um, what was I got here? Yes, I took it personally. Uh, did I take it personally? He, he asked, uh, and then, yes, I took it personally on behalf of 67% of Canadians who disagree with the year-end deadline imposed by the Canadian government to bring 25,000 Syrian refugees into the country. You tarred a whole lot of fair, just, thoughtful, and compassionate Canadians with a brush of xenophobia and racism. That's hurtful and un-Canadian. Right? These are just issues that you have to remember to talk about and bring up and, and, and raise, and they're part of the discussion. When you have two premiers... Uh, assessing the rest of the country, the majority of possibly being racist and not saying a word about civil rights being denied a million of their own citizens in the province of Quebec, there's something terribly wrong with what's going on. So, Kathy's email. Um, Kathy just actually sent me an e email herself. I'll read that to you a little later. All right? I'll read it a little later because when we come back, sorry, we, we don't have time for calls now. When we come back, we're going to talk um, with Michael Trikos of Post Media. He's a national hockey writer for Post Media. I want to talk to him about the uh, unrestricted free agents and the trades that have been taking place. We have this all scheduled. All right, so we'll come back in a minute. Stay with us. <laughs> 